0: Your source for all things Texas tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T97.3.
1: Hey, what's going on? Welcome into another edition of the Ask Level Podcast, episode number 31. Alongside Chris Level, I'm Choice Woodman. Christopher, how are we doing today? What's up? I'm doing good. Yeah. Good, good. Good. Uh, Have a good week. (laughs) you
0: have a good week oh i i i guess so yeah trying to <laughs> yeah just the the whole uh, i'm ready for a coach to be named in in basketball uh i think everybody is yeah just yeah i think everybody just th- that that kind of uh thing kind of wears on on everybody if you're if you're kind of involved um you know and i can only imagine what it's like if you're really involved i'm i'm not directly mm-hmm. involved just kind of uh you know, one an alum, and then you know, broadcaster, and all those kinds of things, and just general, uh, sure. you know, interested in the program. But I uh, can only imagine if your livelihood depended on it, it probably not a, not a not probably a really long week. But um, yeah, so I, but yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think I think had a good week. I enjoyed arguably one of the wildest NCAA tournaments we've ever seen. Uh, I, and I think that's the, the the beauty of of that sport is that it's it's got a postseason unlike any other really in in, in any oh, yeah. sport, and i think that's what makes it so much fun I, I say it all the time but it's the best reality tv there is because if you wrote some of these scripts hollywood would kick it back out and go no way no <laughs> no no no, no one believes would that. this yeah. exactly and that's what that's what makes it so much fun it's not a two out of three game series or four out of seven it's a 40 minute pop and as we've seen man you know, a lot, lot of interesting results, Uh, and I mean, it just it just speaks to the fact that Florida Atlantic and San Diego State are going to play in a national semifinal, and one of them will play for national championship. Is just uh, you, you almost just like okay, who, who's mm-hmm. lying to me? Are you making this up? But no, that's that's the the very much reality. So anyway. yeah,
1: it's been a great tournament. I mean, if you like the upsets, so there's some people that love the upsets early. And then want it to get to more of the blue blood, the blue bloods. Well, the blue bloods yeah. yeah. When it, when it comes to to final four time and, and not really any blue bloods. I mean, UConn is, is in that territory, but they're not one of the, the true Kentucky's or Kansases. I mean, they've won four. You titles, know, so.
0: and, and if they, if they were to pull it again, I, I think they, I mean, how could, you know, their You're right. yeah. title and since 99, I mean, yeah. I, I would say that, that's actually much more impressive than what Kentucky sure. and Kansas and schools like that have done, you know, whatever. Uh yeah. it, it just all has happened in a in a twenty to twenty-five year frame. Uh three different coaches too. Which is that's what tells you yeah. it's not just a coach. Yeah. It's not just Mike Shashevsky and Duke. It's you know, can you you know so anyway, but yeah, that's a that's a different subject. But yeah, i I've, I've yeah, a lot of basketball on my brain For sure. uh, in, in the last week or so, and then obviously uh, some Texas Tech spring, spring football as well. But
1: Yeah, we'll dive into this football in a little bit. Got a couple of questions from the audience on that front, but still at the forefront of most Red Raider fans' minds is uh, who is the head coach, and who knows, maybe when you're listening to this, um, he, we may have a head coach named by that point, but you've gone through a, a couple of full weeks since Mark Adams' resignation and you don't have someone named now there was a report this past week by Jeff Goodman your feelings on him or not that could be a whole nother thing but he he says that uh, Grant McCaslin has emerged as the lead candidate for for Texas Tech and and if you talk to most that is is kind of an assumed thing now is in your mind is is McCaslin pretty much a done deal
0: Well, yeah, that's, uh, you, you can't pretty much have a done deal. (laughs) Okay. That's an an oxymoron. Um, no, it's not, not until, not until he's announced, uh, as the head coach here. I think, uh, I do think that's who your next head coach is going to be, but until it's announced and that's why you've had the, the, the delay and everything, uh, with, with, with no news coming out. I think they've honed in on him. I think that, uh, uh it, it's simply a matter of of letting his team finish out the season which has just been extremely like tricky for all involved i'm sure him and north texas along with all the the players and and, and potential staff members at texas tech and the fan base uh just trying to yeah. you know the, this this limbo and it, it just feels like these days are just creeping by just mm-hmm. glacially slow uh, and, and trying to get to Tuesday night and then potentially Thursday night of this week uh in Las Vegas, because uh, his uh, his mean green will take on Wisconsin if they advance past that. I think they play the winner of Utah Valley or UAB mm-hmm. and that uh that game. And I, and I did I uh, did determine that there is no at least it's not listed anywhere. They used to play a third place game in this tournament because the Red Raiders okay. uh, actually played in it in the garden. I remember that there was a gap when they just kind of did away with it. I think they brought it back uh, the year after the pandemic, but then last year they did not play it. I don't believe it's on the schedule to play, to be played this year. So if they do lose, uh, so in other words, I guess what I'm saying, it's not, he's not guaranteed to be, you know, coaching into Thursday night. So there's a chance that, if Wisconsin pulls it off uh, Tuesday night, uh, at the Orleans arena, uh, then I think, uh, I think we'll get something rather quickly, but again, until, yeah. until that's done, I just would caution, you know, and, you know, to, to be careful there because, you know, there was a lot of rumors that he had agreed to something and backed out and, and all these things. That's why sure. you just, you just don't know, but I, I do think he's going to be your next head coach. Yes. So, um, I've
1: seen some reaction from fans and, you know, message boards, social media, wherever uh, our chat line on, on our shows is, is Texas Tech doing the right thing by waiting Texas Tech and Grant McCaslin, North Texas, all the combined by waiting on some sort of announcement or is it, Hey, this is the NIT. What are we waiting on? Why haven't they announced? And then just let them finish.
0: I I don't think it's about the right thing or the wrong thing. I think it's about what everybody is comfortable with. And if you are honing in on a guy that you think is going to be the next leader of your program, at that point, he kind of gets to dictate terms in some ways to you. And if he doesn't want to have anything said publicly Mm -hmm. until, until after his season is over with, I I think you, you, you grant those wishes Uh, because I think, it's not about these awkward few days it's about finding the right fit whenever that would come whether it be three weeks from now or a week ago it's about finding the right guy to lead your program into the future and it's not about 48 72 hours or whatever it is that you're having to wait here Uh, I think that's the you know I do, do I think that he can be uh if, if he is going to be your next head coach, do I think he spent some time thinking and, and focusing on Texas Tech? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh I can't I can't prove that, but I I, I do think that you know, Grant's a sharp guy. I think people will really yeah. like him. Uh and, and I think he's he's very polished, he's energetic. Um, I think he's got a, a, a bit of a brand when it comes to deep coaching defense, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of fits the the identity of kind of what your program has been here when you've been really good in the last five to six years and so uh but i i I get it it's tricky uh and i think i think people are or and and i can only imagine if you're a a, a player on that roster you're just like your life is is at a halt and you want to know what you want to know and you just you're just having to sit tight and patience is not anybody's strength this time of year in this sport, uh just because there's so much movement and yeah and things like that. So uh I can't tell you if it's the right or wrong thing. I think though that it's it's whatever everybody's comfortable with. And if this yeah. is what uh the, the the new head coach and what you know Texas Tech was comfortable with and I think you you abide by it and then you and you move on.
1: So McCaslin, if you were to put a percentage on it that he is Texas Tech's next head coach, what what percentage are you putting there? <laughs> this has been a question we've been asked on our shows multiple times this week. So I'm, I'm really, yeah, I, mean,
0: I, I, I put it in the nineties, you okay. know, I, mean, I, I certainly feel like that's what's going to happen. But again, yeah. I just would say there's until, still a window Well, until you get an announcement yeah. and you, you see somebody at a press conference and all those things. I just think that's just, uh, you know, you can't talk in absolutes, sure. uh, but I, I, I think that that it all, all, all points to him.
1: One of the questions from the audience level is from uh, Leah this week. She asks, during this time for Texas Tech, do you have a staff member or administrator holding things together for the student-athletes during the interim? Uh, she says, I'm feeling compassion for our players during this limbo period.
0: Yeah, th- this is uh, this is a really tricky uh, time, as we've, we've discussed. And, and I think, I, I don't remember... Texas Tech or, or some schools operating what, what on, on what Texas Tech has done in, in this case, where they kind of uh, moved on from everybody, pretty mm-hmm. much everybody. I think you've got, you know, uh, you, you've got one or two people over there uh, mm-hmm. that are kind of, you know, in the building. I think you've got, uh, you know, somebody strength and conditioning wise, I think you've got a medical uh, personnel. You've got somebody that's kind of operations person, but that's, that's pretty much about it, I think. And 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 I, I guess I was curious as to why Texas Tech would would operate that way because usually you kind of keep keep as much as you can together and kind of you know in no uncertain terms you kind of babysit uh, the sure. program until the administration figures out what's next. I, I think why you do it this way. One, you had spring break uh, right there on the cusp of, or I said cusp, well, right there that followed Mark mm-hmm. Adams stepping down, and so you kind of had a week built in. To where you didn't have to worry about anybody, maybe that factors in. But I think what you've kept, what you've kept from happening, is for the the new coach, whoever it was going to be, to come in and have to like immediately fire everybody because they're right. all still retained. Uh, I think it allows him now to kind of take meetings with maybe who he wants to uh, on on staying, uh, whether it be graduate assistant, assistant coach, strength and conditioning, operations, whatever it may be. I think now he can kind of. So I think Texas Tech kind of keeps him from having to do all that, and it can be somewhat cumbersome. Yeah. And and now I think that uh, you know, so that that's the. But in in the, in the meantime, yeah, there's not a lot of folks over there. I think uh, you know th- there are people I think in the Womble uh, on a daily basis. It's just not not very many at all. Yeah, I, I think it's
1: it's just a strange situation all the way around. And then, as you mentioned, if if McCaslin is the guy, the, the NIT tournament, the timing of it all. I mean, some were almost wishing that they lost to Oklahoma State in that game, so you could just move on. But uh, then, then you're kind of rooting against this success. So the whole thing is a strange situation. I think we're all trying to hit the fast-forward button to – to just get to the next scene,
0: you know, and, and and I and I I get it, and it's it's awkward as we're sitting here because you're in the in between. But <laughs> six months from now, this won't this won't have this won't have mattered much at all, I don't think. And I and I, I even I had somebody that's been in the business a long, long time, you know, say to me, they have to find the right guy, even if it costs you a player or two. Mm-hmm. Getting the right guy is the most important thing. Sure. You know, and I just you, you go off of the Kansas State example. I mean, you know, they they, they took a bit uh to get Jerome Tang in there. And yeah, it worked. And I don't know whether that cost him Nigel Pack or anything. And obviously Nigel Pack had a phenomenal uh season. Uh and, and and they had pretty much nine new players. And you know, if you if you put the right kinds of players together and then coach them right and give them some positivity and culture. It can work. You can even get to the Elite Eight. How about yep. that? So I just Man. don't think that you can be held hostage by a time frame as opposed to finding the right guy that you would hope to be here for years. Right. OK, so, it, it, you know, again, it, it does not Patience is patience is not a virtue. Though. I, I certainly understand. <laughs> and then and, and trust me, I would love yeah. to fast forward as much as anybody, but that's just not uh, the situation that we're in.
1: You know, I know the Bible tells me I'm not supposed to want my, what my neighbor has and covet, but I am, I'm sure coveting Jerome Tang about right now and watching how things have gone for Kansas State. And that's why I'm looking at. I'm like, fast forward a year from now, maybe not, you know, imaginary land of, of an Elite Eight next year, but just get back into that territory. So I'm with you. You've got to make this hire count. You've got to make this a good hire. But even, even in losses, Jerome Tang comes off as – one of the most likable guys going into the FAU locker room and and talking to them and, and his post game press conferences. And they, they absolutely hit a home run with that hire. And it was a guy, most people didn't know his name a a year ago.
0: Yeah. I mean, he'd been on the bench for a long time in in Baylor. And I think big 12 basketball folks kind of knew who he was, but I think if people kind of wondered would he ever leave? uh, What would be the right, uh job that he would leave for but uh you know the thing about him as a potential candidate is that if you if you wait uh if you wait till the season ends to talk to him and then he says no which i have a sneaking suspicion that he's going to remain at Kansas state and be paid handsomely to do so. Mm -hmm. I think that you could have missed out on a variety of other, you know, candidates and then you're left going, okay, now what, you know, and and I'm just giving you a hypothetical, uh, but that's the, it's the timing. It can be certainly tricky, but I do, I do think, uh, that's just not who Jerome Ting is, is that, you know, you don't stay somewhere for 20 years and then go somewhere, (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then in year one on and and, yeah. and all that with with what you just pulled off and go you know what I'm out I'm 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 out now, I'm not saying he wouldn't have I just that that would have seemed to be a bit far fetched because and that's why to me part of that is that's why you you like him so much you know yep. because I think there's some loyalty there and some genuineness and and all those things but uh, anyway. So uh, looking at
1: the final part of the the basketball thing, the players, we had one more player this week, uh, Elijah Fisher, officially mm-hmm. went into the transfer portal. So you have four names there for sure. And then the, there's still some um, kind of wait and see with the rest of the names. Well, if you, if you had to pick one, two, or three, however many you want to go with, but just a, a player or two that – you really want to see texas tech keep and try to build around who who would be the ones you want to see remain on this team
0: i i uh i can't really give you anybody that your program's future is uh you know I, I think I think you know you you could bring a lot back or you could bring none back and I don't know if it necessarily changes the trajectory of where your program is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think so. In other words, there's not like a you know a no brainer answer there. I think most people are going to be curious about Pop Isaacs and Jalen Tyson and the Bachos. Uh, I think Elijah Fisher fits in that category. I think I'd like to have Robert Jennings. I don't know anything about uh, what Lamar Washington wants to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know about what Fardos is, is, is essentially looking at. Uh, I, I, I just say all this to, to offer up that there's no, no brainers here. Okay. There is no, no brainer. Gotta do everything you can to hold on to this guy or these mm-hmm. guys. I think that, yeah, you would be wise to hold on to a nucleus if you can but and there's a lot to like about a lot of the guys that we're we're talking about here, but there's nobody that's gonna, I think, directly impact and again without the unknown of what 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 do you replace them with? I, I have no way of knowing that. I, mm-hmm. I just know that there, there's not an all-conference guy, you know, here there's not a future NBA draft pick sitting here right now right. That, that I would say. I think if if you're patient though, if you keep some of these guys around here, they could be really good basketball players for you. You've got some scoring here, you've got some some rebounding. I mean, uh, you've got some guys that wouldn't necessarily be easy to replace per se, uh, but that's up to to what the new staff ultimately uh, thinks and, and how they want to play. Uh, and and I think that it's just, you know, but I, I've mentioned, like, I, I just, I wouldn't, KJ Allen's a great kid. I just don't know if, if he can play at this level for a contender type. I don't know if Kerwin Walton, Demorean Williams can do that. I think you can kind of go different ways on some of these yeah. freshmen. So it's just a matter of I think Bacho is is a key piece if if you want to know the truth on mm-hmm. what he could ultimately be for you. I think uh and, and I'd like to have him back, but I, I can't say that anybody is just, you know, gonna gonna, you know, be connected to whether you really are successful next year or whether you're just a miserable failure if you keep or let go of this guy hope I made sense there. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it's just, I do think there will be an attempt to to keep a lot of these guys, but you know, you just don't know. I mean, is Grant or the new coach connected to his current players, players out there in the portal, Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of uh, domino slash butterfly effects that will happen here. And it's just kind of a piece of the puzzle that you're just not really sure you're trying to find the corner pieces. And I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know if you necessarily have fide corner pieces just yet. And so yeah. w- w- with that in mind, does the new, ke- what does the new coach think and, and how does he want to play? And does it fit uh, how he wants to play? I just know you can't wipe it clean. You know, uh, I-, I don't think that you'll, you'll do that, but yeah. yeah.
1: So level well, we'll turn the page here. Spring yeah. football started up this past week. Um, we, we, got to see a little bit, some, some media type of stuff, that that sort of thing. Joey McGuire spoke, the coordinator spoke. Um, one thing that I guess stood out, there are a couple of different things that stood out to me uh, from what Coach McGuire said. One of those was uh, basically that Tim DeRuiter has a, another first rounder type there to work with this year and, and Steve Linton. So some high praise there for uh, comparing Linton to, to Tyree Wilson um, not in those words exactly, but similar to it. And another thing was, hey, and he said this before, but he said it multiple times. Hey, uh, th- this team could beat last year's team that went eight and five by 14 points. So uh, he's, I-, I don't take Joey McGuire as a guy that just talks to talk either. I, I don't think he's gonna, you know, blow Blow smoke up your skirt, um, just to do it. So uh, those words, as a just as a Red Raider football fan, kind of get me pumped up and excited for what what this next season could be.
0: Yeah, you know, and and I heard uh, I heard the comment, uh, uh you know, the, the first round draft pick conversation. I yeah. think he actually made. There was a lot of praise about Steve Linton in the first week of practice. Okay. I think he may have been suggesting that he had coached that Tim DeRuiter had coached Kayvon Thibodeau, who was gotcha. the number six pick in the draft. Yep. And that Tyree Wilson is about to be a first be. round draft pick. And I think that's maybe your back-to-back first round draft picks. Okay. Uh, okay. As opposed to saying that Linton is going to be, I, I, I but I will say this. Mm-hmm. I do think that Steve Linton has two years left of eligibility. I don't mm-hmm. think that at this point, they feel like he will be here that second year. Okay. Because of what they have seen, we have a long way to go. I sure. think that they'll they'll get feedback from NFL folks as they come through the facility, and and then Steve Linton's gonna have to do his part on the field and be durable and consistent and be healthy. But I think the point still stands. Choice whatever whatever was inferred there, but I, th- sure. I think that, that's the way I took it. I think you that took that makes different. sense. It does. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you have. Look, if they feel good enough about Steve Linton uh, before practices in the spring even begin to move Josiah Pierre back to to either Michael or Will Linebacker, which Mm -hmm. is a guy that I thought would be a a kind of a pressure player because he did that at the the back end of of last season, I thought did it really well. I think that tells you a lot. And when you when you hear as much discussion there, because, you know, I've worked with head coaches in the past. Uh, you know, and and Mike was Mike was king of this. He would really kind of pour water on a lot of hype for any player or side of the ball or team in general yeah. just because he wanted them focused, didn't want them to... Joey's kind of the opposite. Joe, Joey infuses in, in confidence and mm. tries to speak things into existence. And he doesn't shy away from either expectations or whatever. And they have basically... They haven't crowned Steve Litton anything, but I think they're basically telling you kid's really good he's really quick he causes lots of problems out here we expect a a great deal out of him this year so much so that the nfl may call his name uh sooner than later so i think yeah point still stands uh and and i i will disagree with joey from the standpoint of i don't think this year's team beats last year's team and i'll tell you why okay because if you go out there right now, there is no, just keep up with me here and I'm going to miss (laughs) some folks, but there is no Tony Bradford. Uh, there is no Jacob Rodriguez. There's no, (laughs) um, uh, Tyler Owens. I mean, Uh there's like six to eight guys that are, that are out. Xavier White is out for the spring. Uh, you know, on both – Landon Peterson is out for the spring. They're, they're missing right. quite a few. eight to ten guys. And so, if that game were to be played right now, I'd probably take last year's team I'll, I'll based on that fact alone. However, l- let's just play along a bit. I think what he is saying is my offensive line is much better. And that uh-huh. that position, other than Landon Peterson, is has not been, been changed a bunch. I think we're faster. and certain Dre McRae. Uh I, I think, though, that Tim DeRuiter would be the first one going – Boy, I'm, I'm missing some key pieces. I'm not sure if my defense is, is as good as it was back sure. in uh, on December the 28th uh, when we were lighting up uh, Lane Kiffin and, and company. But
1: uh-huh.
0: but yeah, I, I think it's it's a lot of fun, and that that's the thing that Coach McGuire he's going to be tasked with this year is like there's going to be some expectations with this team. I think he's more than and willing sure. to embrace it and um, create his own. But that's what's going to be different from last year where they were kind of. Uh, a plucky story that was kind of like an underdog and picked a finish in the back end of the big 12. And then they kind of came out of nowhere this year. There'll be some expectations there. And that that's a bit different. I um, mean, it is mentally and all that, but I think they're running, they're running toward that, not trying to shy away from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. When when you look at the the comparisons, I agree. There, there are a lot of pieces out this spring, but coach McGuire said, um, for I think every single player that is out right now, they do expect to have at this moment uh, oh, yeah. back for the yeah. start of the season. So that's that's the good news. And, and yeah, offensive line, I think, is where the, the, the storyline kind of starts. That's where everybody's looking because that's where you've struggled, not just last year, but year after year after year. That's been your struggle point. But having guys like Spencer finally in the mix and Rusty Stats coming over and being able – to move guys around from last year, not necessarily playing positions that they were supposed to be playing. It just feels like if if you're better at that point, it just opens up your entire offense a lot better for, for coach Kitley and, and you can get better on that side of the ball. Um, so um, I think there's reason for that, uh, that hype and excitement, but uh, we're, we're early in the spring.
0: So lots yeah, to be said. And and I think I think it's boring and some to some people to talk about offensive line because mm-hmm. it's not I don't know what those guys look like I don't focus on that when I go to a game I just watch sure. I follow the ball, all those things I think uh, I think stats and and Dre McCray have made you faster and I think yeah. that stats may have more to do with you being faster as a team than than McCray but they're mm-hmm. two totally different things right. I think Dre McCray is finally somebody that can get behind the defense and can do some things. But stats is actually going to make you a faster offense from a tempo standpoint, because I think that that's what uh, Zach has said about him since he got here is that, you know, Dennis picked it up and really kind of got us going faster and all those things. But but Rusty is even better at it, and it, and and I think that when you've got Dennis next to him, he already knows mm-hmm. uh, the deal. Cole Spencer's already played in this, so I think when you do go tempo, I think that'll be much much faster. Uh, and and so I think th- those those two points are are, are somewhat different, but uh, I think alike in, in in some ways too. But they're they're telling you. They're telling you if you just listen. They're telling you how much better they are up front because of the guys that we just mentioned. Right. Dennis at a new spot, and then rusty stats being here, and then Cole Spencer being healthy. Uh, I think you still have to figure out the, the the tackle situation, but see, this allows for, you know, this really allows for so much improvement and and consistency. Uh, with, with your offense in general, that I think that that kind of lets your imagination run wild a bit. And that's a lot of fun to think about because it was frustrating at times last year. They were never bad. They just struggled at times. They gave you some chances. Uh, I don't think that you could put that on the quarterbacks getting hurt or, or anything, mm-hmm. uh, just being up front. But, I mean, Dennis Wilburn kind of saved you. But they, they were telling you from the mountaintops, hey, we need Michael Shanahan. We need yeah. Kay Briggs. We need – uh, Todd Buchanan. We need uh, Monroe Mills. So they, they brought in all these guys because what they saw just wasn't going to work, and so they tried to you know add a, a ton of uh, a ton of help to that group. And and now they're telling you, I think we've we've got some of that fixed. And so I think that is certainly a, a, a positive. So no doubt. we'll see what that looks like. Now, keep in mind, the three guys that we've talked about, they're all seniors. So, yeah. you know, like <laughs> a, a year from now, when we're talking about the spring, it could be a bit tricky because True. Spencer, Stats, and, and Wilburn are going to, they'll be playing football at the next level or, or doing something else, selling insurance or yeah. something uh, a year from now. <laughs>
1: Uh, a couple questions football-wise from Texas Tech Recruiting Fan Account on Twitter. Uh, first one, it says, level redshirt or true freshman you have had your eye on this spring during football practice or will have your eye on?
0: Well, th- th- there's some guys. I, I-, I think um, I think you could talk freshman. I, I think that, you know, I-, I-, I guess this day and age, I am a lot. There's a lot of focus placed on C.J. Baskerville, Steve Linton, Stats, McCray, you know guys like that to, to the, the, these these uh, portal guys Quincy Liddett, uh I think those are those are new pieces those are uh, all that but if you want to talk you know freshmen I'll give you two names that are already here Dylan Spencer who was kind of a had a you know he was committed to Texas for a long time and out of the out of the South Texas area I think he looks like he's about 25 years old mm-hmm. and then I think uh, I think when when Kobe Minor entered the portal that was a bit of a surprise to everybody sure because i think that he was kind of this next db you know i, I think that, yeah, i'm sure that rayshod williams and malik dunlap coming back you know, i think he obviously maybe wants to start he would have been a really good depth piece for you right so i, I say i that to set up that you've got an opportunity for a younger db or two to kind of emerge here and take advantage of a lot of reps this spring and really play a key role not just on special teams this fall, and I would give you the name of Jordan Sanford. I think he's got a chance to to factor in as a true freshman uh, right away. So um, I, I, you know, because keep in mind last year of your scholarship, guys, I think Joseph Adetere uh, uh, was the only one that that played as a true freshman of your scholarship guys. And he, he's a freak. I even yeah. think he's missing, he's missing the spring. So there's another one that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been able to to put on the pads. Isaac Smith is another redshirt freshman that I would have told you, I would have paid a lot of attention to really started to play at the back end of the season, got hurt in the bowl game, had some surgery, going to miss the spring as well. So there's your two more names on the defensive side of the ball not to disagree with the head coach. He's been pretty <laughs> spot on a lot of things he said, but I yeah. I just want people to know that there's a lot of guys kind of missing the spring, sure. but it's good for other guys too. It's good for guys to to get reps and, and all those kinds of things. But uh, yeah, there's just some true and red shirt freshmen that I would uh, certainly mention.
1: And uh, another question from them um, says Michael Hudson in town again this past weekend. Could this finally be the first five-star that tech lands?
0: Yeah, I'm trying. Let's see. Robert Johnson was a five-star junior college guy. I think Mike Mitchell was a former five-star guy that came in here that you got, you know, in the after he'd gone to Ohio State. Robert Johnson obviously had a much better career than Mike Mitchell did, but I I, I do think uh, I do think you're in pretty good shape with the prospect that you mentioned, Micah Hudson. Yeah, I do. I do. I think he was. He's been up here second time in the last uh, three weeks. Uh, Was here with his girlfriend uh, all weekend. Uh, and I think these are unofficial visits I mm-hmm. think he's a very different guy in that he doesn't want promises he doesn't want glitz and glamour he doesn't want NIL he just kind of wants to play ball and do his thing and find the right fit Uh and so you know we'll, we'll see you 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 may be way far off from a decision there but it, it, it's pretty good for Texas Tech that I know the, the folks in Austin will will disagree with everything that I'm saying is I think that, that the <laughs> folks in Austin feel like they've got him wrapped up and, yeah. and done, but he, he has chosen to spend some time in, in Lubbock in the last two to three weeks, and so we'll see. But I think you're in a pretty good spot there. So his girlfriend, also a, a senior in high school, so where, where does she end up going to college? Where does uh, – you know, his dad, obviously. His dad has yeah. uh, you know, played football here, so he's a legacy, but – yeah, he's not the biggest guy, but he is you know, buttery smooth, man. He is uh he's got about I don't know 30 to 35 scholarship offers. I mean, he 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 is one of those ranked number guys 6 that...
1: nationally by by Rivals. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, Ooh. he's a guy that's a, a nightmare uh to try to cover uh and he just he just wants to play ball, man. I think he's yeah. got a job like back <laughs> at home, going to school, has a job, wants to wants to play ball, doing some track stuff, I think. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, just to give you a kind of paint the picture there on, on Mike Hudson. So, so keep the hopes, uh, high, but, uh, nothing,
1: yeah, we'll see for sure. Yeah. Be, yeah, Can't be can't, do,
0: can't put pen to paper until, uh, what mid December. So it's yeah. a long ways off, but I, I, I do appreciate the interest. I think that it's all a, it's right. extremely valid question and you'll start to see some, some news popping off on the recruiting trail in, in the coming weeks, because all most of that gets, gets done and gets really active this time until really yeah. mid-June when you start hosting kids on campus in official visit capacity so we'll see kind of what that looks like
1: uh one more question non-sports related but from Anton says uh, what's the best barbecue in town level
0: Oh man, uh, I uh, I'm a big Evie Maze guy, like most people are. I'm a mm-hmm. big bent nail guy. I think bent nail does a really really good job on 98th Street, uh, mm-hmm. and I think if you want like a lunch, uh, Tom and Bingos is is undefeated from from their Classic. sandwiches. I kind of uh, yep. been going there for years, so th- those would be the the my triumvirate there. Uh, yeah. And there's probably a few places that are open that I have not tried, uh, but those would be my three. I grew up in Fort Worth, and they have great barbecue oh, yeah. uh, there. I kind of grew up going to Angelo's and and Railhead and all those mm-hmm. things. And now there's Heim, and there's, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, some of the other ones that have kind of moved in there. That oh, kind of, yeah. uh, it, it's they're there still so they sell out. The lines are there, kind of like how he's uh, got a lot of pub for that. Uh, but so I, I when I first moved here, there was a lot of barbecue. I was just like, man, there's just nothing. You, know, you yeah. know, I used to go to County Line years oh, ago, yeah. kind of more of a restaurant type <laughs> place, but it just, the barbecue wasn't near as, as good as I was used to. But I would say that, uh, yeah, Amy Mays and, and Bent Nail and, uh, and Tama Bingo's for whatever you're looking for can, can scratch your itch for sure. No doubt. Yeah. All right, Love. Now not a paid uh, endorsement. That's just my opinion. No, no, I I'm, know. Yeah. I,
1: I'm not going to disagree with any of those options. All <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. So yeah, there you go. Well, I will uh, appreciate it. Another week in the books, we'll. And I will tell you
0: week. the 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 cream corn at Bent Nail and the baked potato casserole at, at, oh, yeah. at uh, Evie Mays. I mean, oh yeah, the, the, those those Both kind of, of those. go with oh. what Burnin's ribs, uh, you know, the the brisket, whatever whatever you're looking mm. for. But those are the side dishes you've got to focus on at either place. So, mm. yeah, there you go. I'm really hungry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, I will appreciate it, man. We'll do it. again hey, next you week. bet.
0: Keep Hope Alive. Uh, I'd be willing to bet you that we will have uh, be able to talk about a, a basketball coach the next time we uh, read I, right. so, uh, I bet you're crossed. right. Fingers crossed. We'll see.
1: That's Chris Level. I'm Choice Woodman. You've been tuned in to another episode of the Ask Level Podcast, brought to you by Double T
0: 97.3. You've been listening to the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3.